Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, so, so honored to be here this morning. Uh, it really does, it feels like home. And I love walking in here and just seeing the reaching people building lives right there on the wall. And it just feels like home. So thank you so much. I got to honor Pastor Chris. What a great man of God. If you haven't had the chance to meet him yet, you need to go to the, go to the growth track here, go to the vision night. Um, he's somebody that I'm so thankful for because he's had a profound impact on my life. I remember as a, as a young person seeing him when he was still in student ministry and he was a student pastor and uh, just being able to be like, man, I, I want to be like that guy. I love that guy. And just growing up and watching him uh, take steps and now oversee the McKinney campus is super exciting. And so and you guys have a phenomenal staff here. You guys are so blessed. I, I was in student ministry for years and years. And so I got to work with, with Alex here. And Alex is a great man of God. And uh, if you have a high school, middle school student, you need to get him in student ministry. Pastor Chris Wise, uh, back in the back, who, who's in children's ministry. Whenever I was a student, he, uh, my wife and I were students. He was, he was in student ministry on staff. And so... I even, I even lived with him for, for one year right when I was 19. Pastor Blake Campbell, who leads worship at our broadcast campus at Keller, and I lived with him. And poor Chris Wise, man, we tortured that man. <laughs> He's as a young 19-year-old, he, he, and Chris was so clean and so organized, and we just drove him crazy. So um, really thankful for spiritual family. <laughs> so, but uh, you can go ahead and turn to Galatians 5 this morning if you have your Bible. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But you may be wondering who I am. Uh, pastor Chris said, I'm the online campus pastor, and uh, I was in student ministry for many, many years. But my story started at Milestone whenever I was just 15 years old. And so when Milestone was started, I was the first student, actually, in our student ministry. So my sister and I, my mom was a part of the church plant and my sister and I came and Pastor Tyron Caswell, uh, who, who was the student pastor for years and years and now he oversees all of Next Gen at Milestone. He was, uh, you know, the student ministry was just kicking off. He was praying that he was gonna make his mark. He had, God had given him a vision for a thousand students and uh, he was believing God for just somebody that was gonna be a, an influential person that would come in and, and I'll show you the picture. This is who God sent him. Um, this is me, <laughs> six 16-year-old me walked in <laughs> with my bleached blonde hair and, uh, and, you know, pink Converse and jeans that were too tight before that was popular. And, and I just walked in and I was, um, you know, <laughs> ready to be molded. We'll just say that. It's so very, you know, rough around the edges. And I'd, I'd never really been to church, but I stepped in as a young person who had no vision for my life, had no idea what God would do with me. Didn't really even have a relationship with Jesus, and I'll share more of my story later. Um, but I, I'm so thankful for this church, for Milestone Church, for our pastors and our leaders who value reaching people and then building lives because my life was built. And um, so um, love that picture. I had to be a little self-deprecating this morning. I want to introduce my family as well. Uh, this picture of my family. I got my lovely wife, Sam, here, Samantha, who serves uh, as our finance director at Milestone Overseas. I think that's your official title. I said that last time. I should have asked you what your official title is. It's something with finance. She's very smart. She's a CPA, and we're very thankful for her at a church. Um, but my lovely wife. And then we have three kiddos who are with the grandparents today. Praise God. And so Winslet is my oldest. As she's six years old. And then Callahan. Uh, Winslet's a mini-me. Uh, Callahan, he's four. 
and he is a mini Sam. He's a you know, very stable, great kid. And then Savoy, our three-year-old, is crazy. And if you have three kids, you know, you know the third child, okay? So we're like, I, okay, first kid, I know you. Second kid, I know you. Who, third kid, who are you? You're, you're an animal. You're crazy. You're just like throwing stuff, eating stuff, and screaming and all that. And, and we love her, and we're thankful, and we're, you know, pray for us because we do need the help. But our house is just, just never quiet, and it's amazing. Um, but, but I do oversee our online campus now. So I was in student ministry for, for eight years, and uh, God, as a young person, radically transformed my life. And I knew as a young person that I wanted to do student ministry. And I honestly, I had no intentions of ever getting out of student ministry. I was going to be that guy who was like 70, who was like, you kids, you know, just like preaching Jesus. And I was okay with that. And, uh, and so it wasn't a stepping stone for me. And I really value that milestone. It's not like that. We so value the next generation. We believe you don't have to wait to be great. And what they're doing in the kids ministry and, and in our student ministry is just so phenomenal. But God ended up uh, starting to do something and transition. And we had this, this, uh, this kind of hole that we identified with our online campus. And I know that sounds really like online. People always ask me, what's that, what's that like, online pastor? And I always, I always like to describe it like this, like, if you've seen the hit 1990 blockbuster movie, the Keanu Reeves called The Matrix, it's a lot like that, okay, with what, this is a total joke, but how many of you guys have watched church online before? How many of you guys have watched church online? Okay, and how many of you guys maybe have a family member or a friend who doesn't live in the area that watches church online at some level? Okay, I meet people all the time that that is their first experience with Milestone Church is online. And their first, uh, before they ever step foot in a building, many people are going to engage online. It's like you, if you're going to go to a restaurant, we're going to go out to eat after this. Well, we're going to look at the menu before we go to make sure we like it. We're going to see, hey, does this place align with us? Do we want to step foot in there? And so a lot of what I do is communicating the DNA and the heart of Milestone Church online, as well as serve people. Our goal is the same, reach people people in building lives. So if that's helping people step foot in a physical building or helping them make connections online, then that's what I want to do. Excuse me. Yesterday I had the great opportunity at our Keller campus. I met a woman who uh, her son attends at our broadcast campus and she's been watching online for over a year. Sweet, sweet elderly lady. And I got to go meet her. Her name's Chris. And Chris just tears in her eyes was just bawling because she was so thankful that all that God's been speaking to her and then she's there in person. And I was like, it was so cool to meet this, this woman and give her a hug and encourage her. And, uh, and it ends up that she lives, she lives in San Diego. And I was like, I have family in San Diego. She, she lives one street over from my my brother-in-law and my sister. Just what, it was radical what God does. And so I got Chris's number and I was like, hey, you know, you said your boys don't live with you anymore. If you ever need a handyman, you let me know. My brother-in-law would love to come help, you know. And he really, he really would. I, so I, I didn't say, I didn't ask him though. I probably should have asked him like, hey, yeah. he's going to get like this request to go mow a lawn or something. I'd be like, you got to do it. Do it for the kingdom. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's online. And so I'm so thankful for this church and, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I hope to, to serve you. If you have family members or friends that, that watch online and there's anything I could do to serve them, I would love to do that. So uh, I want to talk today about experiencing God's best for our life. And I really want to talk about that through the lens as well of obviously the Bible, um, but some core milestone DNA and some culture. So maybe you're, maybe you're new to the environment or maybe you've been here for a while. There's some things that are distinctive 
uh, with our church. And there's distinctives with every church. Every church has its own kind of DNA and distinctives. And there's things that obviously I'm a little biased. I've grown up here. And at some level, this is the only church experience I know. Um, but I'm so passionate about it. One thing that is not different that I've noticed about uh, the McKinney campus is it's very cold in here. Pastor Jeff, if you've been to our broadcast campus, you just learn. You bring a jacket into church. That's, I, I get that similar vibe in here. So next time, next time. Let's read this together. Let's read Galatians 5. And I want to talk about experiencing God's best in our life. Let's read this together. Galatians 5, uh, it says this. But the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is this kind of fruit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is a verse that's very familiar for maybe many of us. And I love that because... It says, this is the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. And in my mind, when I think about experiencing God's best, I think about these things. I've been meditating on this verse for a few weeks, and I was praying about what, what, to, what to speak on. And Pastor Chris was like, hey, share your story, share some milestone DNA. But this verse is so challenging, and that's why I love the Bible, because anytime I interact with the Bible, and it doesn't matter if you've been saved and known Jesus for one year or, or, or 50 years or, or any of that time in between, Anytime you interact with this word, this is the only book that will read you. I'm, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I love reading fiction and nonfiction, all that stuff. But when I read this Bible, I'm always challenged because it's the Holy Spirit cutting me. I love Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris, I'm sure, does it too in our growth track. Whenever people are learning about, man, what is, what is Milestone all about? Pastor Jeff will hold the Bible over his head. Ultimately saying this is the authority of God, that, that we have opinions and, and worldviews and, and all those things, but nothing is above this word of God. And so when I read this and I see that these are the things that the Holy Spirit produces, it causes me to ask the question that you should ask yourself is, do I see these things in my life? As I'm growing closer to Jesus, as I'm maturing as a Christian, as I'm maturing as a person, I, I have an idea in my mind. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great pastor and a great husband and a, a great coworker, a great boss. But am I seeing these things actually play out in my life? And let's break it down because we may have heard this, uh, this verse many times, but I love breaking it down. Joy. Can we have joy in every circumstance? Even when our circumstances scream that we should have no joy in our lives. Peace in the middle of uncertainty. How many of you guys know the past few years there's been some uncertain times? But I've loved being able to walk through that as a Christ follower, knowing that, you know what? I can have peace in any circumstance. It doesn't matter about the situation because my peace and trust is found in Jesus. Patience. When you have three crazy children waking you up, asking you for a cup of water every 10 minutes. How many guys, parents, after the 30th time, I will beat you. I can't, you know, not actually, but, you know, you, you, you just, thank you. Thank you for this patience that, that God gives me. <laughs> Kindness to those who don't deserve it. Goodness that points people to Jesus. Faithfulness in our choices and finances and character. A gentleness in our responses and self-control in our actions. Those are the things that the Holy Spirit produces. And as much as I love self-help and as much as I love being a, maybe a motivated person or a driven person, those things come from the Holy Spirit. We don't produce those things in and of ourselves. And I'm going to talk to us today about how God does that and the process in which he does it. But I'm thankful for those things. You know, as a culture, we, we really do appreciate best. We appreciate the top thing. And we, we appreciate good stuff, but we as a culture, we're almost obsessed with best. 
And why is that important? Because I believe that God has a best version of you. He's got a best father. He's got a best mother. He's got a best, maybe you're homeschooling your children, or maybe you're a boss, maybe you're an empty nester. He has a best version of yourself that he sees. And, and it's difficult because we don't always see that, but I'm thankful too that we're a part of a church where people can see the gold through the grit. You saw the picture of myself. When I walked into, I've, and I've seen students like that, and I remind myself when I was in student ministry, you know what? I walked in a lot like that. And if God could do it in my life, man, he could do it in anybody's life. And so it doesn't matter the starting place. It doesn't matter. Maybe you don't see those things as I'm reading this list. You're like, man, I'm, I'm not a very patient person. Man, I'm not very loving. I'm not very gentle in how I respond. Man, I don't really have self-control in some of these things. Well, God's not done yet. The Holy Spirit will produce those things. I love this quote on that idea of greatness. This is Jim Collins from a book, Good to Great. Fantastic book. It says this, good is the enemy of great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little become great. Few people attain great lives in large part because it's so easy to settle for a good life. And my prayer today is that we would get a vision, a revelation really, of, of God's greatness that is found in each of us. Because God doesn't want you to settle for second place. Speaking of second place, we love to play games in our house. We have young kids and uh, we, we have board games. I don't know, maybe you play board games as a family. Don't play Monopoly. Let's just say that. Monopoly will cause disunity, division. There'll be board throwing. My wife can no longer trust me with the finances of Monopoly because I do like to win. And uh, you know, so uh, as an accountant, a CPA, I'm like, hey, you, you, you troll the Monopoly money. So we can't play Monopoly yet. Our kids are too young. And, and so we play Trouble. And I don't know if you know the game. You, you hit the dice thing. That's what it's called, right? Trouble. It's called, I couldn't remember if it's called Sorry. We need to upgrade to Sorry one day. Uh, make our kids sorry they played with us, teach them to lose. But, <laughs> but it is a little bit of that. So we, we play Trouble. And my son Callahan is the most competitive kid. And he gets it from his mom, very competitive. I'm more just go with the flow. I get competitive a little bit. My wife's very competitive. And that's a great thing. I love it. But Cal, we're teaching him, what we're really teaching him is how to lose, okay? We're teaching him <laughs> that second place is first place loser. And so, and as a parent, you're like, you can't do that. You need to build his self-esteem. You need to let him win. Not in my house, okay? I have no mercy. I'm going to beat him time and time again until he learns and now he beats beats me. And he really does. And so we always shake hands and I teach him. I'm just kidding, by the way. He beats me quite a bit. But we always shake hands at the, at the end. Good game, good game. And, and he's great. But I love that he's competitive. He's not, he's not settling for that. And really as Christians, that's humorous. But I, I believe that God has so much for us, so much more for us really than, than oftentimes we live because we settle for just okay. But God has more for us. You see my starting, or, or you see where I am now, but, but my starting place, like I talked about, it doesn't matter where you start, it matters how you finish. My starting place was radically different than where I am now. If you were to look at me as a young person, I was the least likely candidate for ministry. And it's not just because I had bleach blonde hair and, and wore crazy clothes, but my family upbringing was, was pretty radical. I did not grow up in church. I didn't grow up around spiritual family. I didn't grow up around people who... who cared about development. I didn't have father figures. So my parents were divorced at a really young age. I was six years old when they were divorced. And my mom and my dad were addicted to drugs and alcohol. And so growing up, my dad, after the divorce, went and he got sober. But living with my mom up until middle school was, was just a really turbulent time. And so I remember through that, she would take us to parties and my sister and I and, and drive us home while she was intoxicated. I remember fearing for my life, sleeping on random neighbor's couches, just exposed to all kinds of things that you can imagine. And, and that was my definition of normal. 
normal. I had no idea what normal looked like. I didn't know what a normal marriage would look like. I hadn't seen a normal marriage. My mom was, was married four times. Then I had so many men enter my life through that time as, as father figures that I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And so growing up as a young person, I didn't have vision for my life. I didn't, I didn't think about ministry. I'd never even met a real Christian, somebody that loved God. And so I remember a really kind of pivotal time in my life. I was 13 years old. My sister and I, we come home. Uh, we were in sixth grade and my mom, we're expecting her to come home from work and she just doesn't come home. And, and hours and hours go by and we find out, we got a phone call and we find out my mom had tried to take her own life that night. And so as a young person, a young kid, I mean, this is, we, obviously you're devastated. I had no idea what to do. And it was God starting to work in this process because it was at that moment I ended up moving in with my dad who lived, who lived nearby in Flower Mound. And my mom went in, into a rehab facility in Abilene, Texas. And this is, God is just so wild and so good. At this rehab facility, rehab facility my mom ends up giving her life to Jesus, just getting radically saved. And, uh, and I remember my sister and I go and visit my mom. And I remember seeing this smile on her face. And remember, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. I don't know the, the fruit of the spirit and that he can change somebody and that we're spiritually dead before we know God. And then we, we come to life as, as Ephesians 2 says. And so I just see my mom and I see this smile, this joy on her face. And I'm like, who is this woman? I had never seen her smile like that. I didn't even recognize her. It was so radical. And I knew at that moment she had her Bible and she was telling my sister and I about, hey, this Jesus who saved me, he's changed me, he's set me free. And, and, and I was like, I don't know who this Jesus is or, or what this is about, but, but I'm interested and I want it. And whatever she had that joy, I was interested in. And it just so happened my mom got connected to a church there, uh, who uh, this church that Pastor Jeff Little was pastoring in Abilene. And if you know, Pastor Jeff Little is, is, the, is the lead pastor of Milestone Church. And whenever Milestone Church was planted in Keller, Texas, I was living just 30 minutes away in Flower Mound. And so my mom moved with the church plant every other weekend. I start going to this church. And I start meeting people who love God and meeting these men of God who, who, who I look at. And I remember just being like, what is going on here? Because I had no, no framework, no context for church. And I remember very early on at Elevate, whenever we were in a little office building, there was just 10 people. I was sitting on the stairs right outside of the, of, the, of the office building afterwards. And I remember just sobbing. And Pastor Tyron and Pastor Eddie, these student pastors, came over and they're checking on me, what's going on. And I, just, I told them, I just want to be like you guys. I don't know what it is. But I, and in that moment and in the process of what God did in my life through those years, God gave me a vision for my life. And God took me really through a very painful time of growth and growing and, and thank God he's not over. And I want to talk about that today and how we experience that. But the promise of it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you finish. And if you can keep saying yes to Jesus along that journey, you will look up one day. And I look up 20 years later from where I started to where God has me now. And I am eternally thankful to Jesus Christ for changing my life and then the, being a part of a church and God planning me in this. And I met my wife, we were, we were 15 years old or 16 years old at, at Elevate. We met at our very first retreat and God had all these plans. She was invited by her. Her friend to church and she ran out of excuses. 
cheerleader friend. She ran out of excuses after weeks and weeks. And I would always tell students, you got to keep inviting. You got to keep inviting. You never know. And, uh, and we ended up meeting there. And God's story, God's just so good in, in his goodness. And I'm so thankful for that. And I really believe that God has a story like that. And maybe it's not as radical. But God has a best version of you too that he wants to develop. And he wants to mold. And I want to talk about how we do that. So number one, God's best is experience. The first point is this through the process of growth. And so what I want to talk about today is, is taking really these biblical principles as well as milestone distinctives. And, and, and milestone is a church, if you've been around Pastor Chris Lerma, he, he, he does not have neutral in his, in his vocabulary or dictionary. He is a pedal to the metal, like he is in drive, second gear, third gear. He is all about pushing forward. And I love seeing this church growing and I love seeing the student ministry growing because I believe that something, anything that health, is healthy is going to grow. And, and God has a, a growth process that we all have to go through. The thing is, it's not always pleasant, but, but he, he develops us. And so I thought of an interesting way to show that. Let's go and show the first picture here. How many of you guys know what this is? Anybody know what this is? There's a fancy word for it. It's like French or something, charcuterie. I don't know if that's French or, or Spanish, maybe. There's some sort of really cool way, charcuterie. You can say it real cool. Charcuterie is like just a glorified, like, you know, you got some cheese. Some of it smells bad, but they tell you it tastes good. You got like a fresh honeycomb with a bee flying on it. You can just drizzle the honey. Uh, you got some exotic crackers, you know. They're just all kinds of, just a hodgepodge of different stuff, okay? This is where I live, though, because I like... I like fine dining. I've elevated my taste experience, and my wife tells me, you know, let's try this, not try that. Get some jam, some fig spread. Uh, that sounds biblical. But this is where I started. Let's go to this next picture. How many of you guys know what this is right there? Okay, if you're a parent, you know very well what that is. That is the definition of my childhood, okay? That is some, some like, sticky ham that's kind of like kind of slimy ham, you know, <laughs> this block of cheese that you're supposed to unpeel. And if it's a good lunch bowl, it may have a cookie in it, maybe even a Capri Sun. And we call it an easy dinner, honestly. We have those in our fridge. We don't know how to feed our kids. Let's get, a, let's get a Lunchable. But the Lunchable is where my taste started. Now, if I'm a 35-year-old and I'm coming to sit down in the office and I break out my lunch and I pull out a ham Lunchable, you're going to get some looks. That's going to be a little weird, you know. And if that's you today, let's talk. I got prayer for you after. Let's help you take some steps. You don't have to stop there. But my taste has developed along the way. And this is just a funny picture of, of God does that. It, it does, we may start in one place and your starting place may be way further along, but you don't have to finish there. And so let's look at what Jesus says here in the Bible. John 15, really uh, famous passage. And he's talking to his disciples in John 15. And uh, John 14, he's telling them about the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to leave you, but, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you an advocate, a comforter, a Holy Spirit who's going to remind you of all things. And, and then he's, he's talking in John 15. And really, he's talking to some, essentially some students in his youth group. Because a lot of these guys, biblical scholars, believe are pretty young. And I was always encouraged hearing about these, the, the stories of the, of the uh, disciples. Because one of them, one student in Jesus' youth group chopped a guy's ear off, you know. And they're, they're yeah, Peter, he did it. You need to check it out, man. It's pretty radical stuff in the Bible. but <laughs> And so I'm always like, that never happened in my student ministry. Thank God. But Jesus is talking to his disciples about this process of growth. Let's read it together. John 15, 1, it says this, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
I, I, I love this picture because it's, it's so painful. And really as a culture, we, we worship pain a lot of times by either avoiding it or celebrating it. But, but God oftentimes has this, this painful process of growth that allows us to grow. Pruning literally means cutting away dead things so that new things can grow. And what that means for us as Christ followers is maybe we have a habit, maybe we have a, a mindset, maybe we have wh whatever it is that, that is not honoring to God or that God just says, you know what, I have better for you. I have a best for you. But often in this process, it involves pruning. And I'm thankful that Jesus, whenever you start a relationship with him, it is come as you are. It is Christ died for us while we were sinners. He died for us, Romans 5.8. But... God has every, every intention of changing you into the best husband, the best wife, the best boss, the best grandfather, the best parent, all of those things. That is God's intention. And how does he do it? How does he do it? it says that he prunes so that every branch that bears fruit, it will be even more fruitful. Verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think it's interesting in the age of self-help and in our day and age that, that we really celebrate uh, whenever people can, can do things on their own. And I, and I celebrate that as well, and I'm all for it. But outside of our relationship with Jesus, that fruit of the Spirit, that spiritual development, that best version of yourself, while it may be good, it's not going to be great in the sense of God's best for you. If you want to be a more loving, patient person, really somebody that points others to Jesus, that happens through this. And Jesus uses this word abide. Whenever I was in student ministry, I'd always hold up a phone and a phone charger. And I would talk about, hey, if you don't, if you don't charge your phone, it's going to die. If, it, you, if, if it's dead, it's useless. And if you have any teenagers, you're like, yes, please let their phone die. Less phone time. I'm tired of it. Throw it out. Throw it out. I feel that. But that's a, that's a great picture for abiding in Jesus. Verse 6 says this. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. That word withers stuck out to me because it's this idea that if we're not connected to the source, we become emaciated. We become lacking. We become unfulfilled in a lot of ways. And, and ultimately, we miss out on the purpose and plans that God has for us. We miss out on that God's best version as we disconnect. And then verse 7 and 8 says this, If you remain in me and my words in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And verse 8, and this is what it's all about. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I love this because our growth and this process of growth and what God's doing in you right now in this season, whatever season, maybe you're a young single person or you're a, a young professional or, or you're newly married, empty nest or whatever it is, your growth is not just for you. I'm so thankful that Pastor Jeff was in Abilene and heard, heard from God that he was going to plant a church in Keller, Texas. I'm so thankful that Pastor Chris Lerma came to McKinney and, and, and Milestone is, is where it is because of him. I'm so thankful for the men in my life who have said yes to Jesus and growing. And so whether that's for the people that walk into this commons and lobby for the first time, reaching people, building lives so that people can see your fruit and be drawn to Jesus, maybe it's for them. Maybe it's for your kids who are far from God that you're believing for. I have my father doesn't know Jesus. And I'm praying and believing that as he sees my marriage and my life, we are far from perfect. We totally are not perfect. You heard about my third child. but We're, we're working through all that stuff. But I'm praying that he'll see, you know what? 
I think, this, I think there's something to this Jesus. And I'm praying too with my own kids that my ceiling and where I grow and the things that I overcome and, and what God does in me will be my kids' starting place. And so your growth and your saying yes to Jesus, it's not just for you. It's not just for you. And the good news is, is that God is not done. He's still doing it. He's still working inside of you. And so that's the first point in the process of, of growth. And the second thing here, my second and last point is this, in the context of spiritual family. Spiritual family is a, it's a milestone distinctive, but really it's a biblical pattern. And it's a word you'll hear, Pastor Alex was up here talking about spiritual family and, and Pastor Nick. And, and you'll hear these terms spiritual family and, and you're like, what is that? Uh, well, well, let's look at the Bible. Let's look at that and then I want to talk about it. So Psalm 68.6, it says this. It says this, that God sets the lonely in families. And I don't know, maybe you just moved to the area. I meet people so often, they just moved from California because they heard how great Texas is. Praise God, I'm right there with you. But they have people moving from wherever and, and, and they think they're moving for a job. They think they're moving for, you know, for, for taxes or whatever that is. But, but really God is doing something and, and setting them in a place where they can experience God's best. And the, and the milestone word for that spiritual family is this, your destiny is tied to your relationships. There's no separating who you're around from your destiny because the people you're closest to will determine the course of your future. But, but God uses relationships to, to shape us. If you've been around Pastor Chris Lerma, man, he has no problem with, with calling you out and challenging you and sharpening you. I'm so thankful for it. I've had a lot of really difficult conversations with him and, and they've been so beneficial to me. But God will use this. And so maybe you moved here recently and, and you thought it was for something else. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's God doing this and, and setting you here. Also in the New Testament, because it's not just Old Testament, 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says this. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God places and he sets and he puts us in this thing. Because the truth is, your destiny truly is tied to your relationships and so what does that mean for us? Well, oftentimes relationships can be painful, spiritual family. Maybe you hear that word family and that's a tough word for you. I know when I, when I hear the word family, as you've heard my, my background, family can be really challenging. And it's really easy too to, in today's day and age to get offended and to check out. Oh man, it's so easy to get offended and have offense and to check out. But for some reason, I don't know why God's chosen to do it, but his model is always family. His model is, is families that, that impact our culture, that, that families, but also spiritual family coming together where there's a, a, a distinctive and there's an expression of every age group. I can tell this is a healthy church because you have, you have young kids, you have students, you have young families, empty nesters, and that's how it should be, an expression of who God is, that, that, that it's healthy and growing and there's all of that, every, every nation, every tribe, all of those things. And God uses, for whatever reason, these relationships to shape us. And so what does that mean for you? Well, it means, A, if you want to grow and you want to push into that, it's going to be uncomfortable. It just is. But you really have to value. If, you, if, if you're longing for relationships and development and, and help for your kids, I'm thankful. I grew up in this environment. Man, I'm so excited. My kids are going to grow up in this environment because they're going to get the same things. If those are the things that you value, you got to be intentional with it. 
And in this context, that's maybe going through our growth track and stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm going to make myself known. I'm going to step out of anonymity. Maybe it's going to the vision night and hearing from Pastor Jeff about this is where we're headed and starting to build some of those relationships. Maybe it's joining a small group or serving. There's always a next step. And God uses the family model, the spiritual family, to help grow us into that best version of ourselves. I want to invite the, the key, keys up here. And I want to finish with, with this story and uh, really about destiny being tied to your relationship because you saw where I started. And, and, and if it wasn't for men like Pastor Tyron and Pastor Chris and Pastor Jeff who had hard conversations with me, who said, you know what, I see the potential in you and I see what God could have for you. And, and, and then just stepping into that and saying yes, it reminds me of the story uh, just, just this past week this young guy, Drew. And Drew, uh, uh, he, he just graduated from college. And I met Drew, and Drew was in sixth grade. And Drew was just, he was like most sixth graders. If you have one, you know that sometimes they're awkward, okay? It's just, it just is what it is. And Drew is a, and I love the process of taking those kids who are, who are sometimes quiet and stuff and, and just loving them and challenging them because the greatness is in there. And that's the process of that. And so I saw that in this kid, somebody that was maybe a little overlooked and, um, he didn't have a ton of friends at the time. He was homeschooled, and so he wasn't connected to a lot of people. But I saw, you know, there's something special about this kid. And so as he grew up in high school, I started to give him some opportunities serving as I was in student ministry. And I started to give him opportunities to maybe take up offering uh, or maybe lead a small group for younger kids. And, and eventually got to the point where, I, where Drew, as a senior in high school, was interning with us. And he was overseeing one of our environments uh, for, for students on the weekends. And he was overseeing an entire class by himself. And I remember there's many moments of the student where I was like, I had to call Pastor Tyron. I was like, man, I don't, I don't think this is it. Like, he's like not doing a very good job. Pastor Tyron's like, have you talked to him about it? I was like, no. He's like, well, that's, and I, he's like, how many conversations did I have to have with you? I was like, well, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll do that. So in this process, and, and I remember Drew was applying to college. And, um, and, and man, this is just spiritual family just covers the gaps. Like the, the gaps that we miss. Drew's, Drew's parents are amazing parents too. And one of our pastors though was like, you know what, Drew, like I see the colleges you're applying to, but why don't you apply to a college that you thought you, you don't think you had any chance of getting into? And his SAT scores and ACT scores weren't great. And um, he, he applied to, to SMU. And uh, he was like, you know what, that's a school that's a really great school. And he was uh, going to study, I think, sports journalism and a really, really competitive school. And he applies to this school. And it was such a God thing. God ended up giving him a full ride scholarship to SMU. Just like totally radical, yes. And, and so I'm having lunch with Drew and, and he graduated and he was gonna go work with some awesome sports uh, franchises that you would recognize. And God started to call him back to Milestone Church. And the process, Drew's now, he's, he's ministry re, a ministry resident at Milestone Church, like writing content, exploring God's call in his life. And I had lunch with him this week and it was so cool because at the end of it, we got out of the car and he's like, Luke, I gotta tell you, he's like, you giving me chances as a young person and you believing in me and helping me get developed. He's like, I owe so much to you and I'm so thankful for you. And I was able to look him in the eyes and be like, man, I did it for you because others did it for me. And I'm so thankful. And so... God has that for you. God has that for your kids. God has that for your family. And, and at the end of the day, like I said, it's just saying yes to Jesus continually. And maybe, maybe today it's the first time. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. That's where it starts. 
The Bible says before we know God, before we know God we're, we're spiritually dead. We're dead in our sins. We have no ability to choose God, but God in his loving kindness, he, he, he reveals himself to us. He draws us to him and we become alive in Christ. And then he starts this beautiful, painful, challenging process of pruning us and growing us and really does it in the context of spiritual family. And so, and you're doing it. You're here in church today. You're rubbing shoulders with people and, and there's next steps for all of us to take. But my encouragement, my prayer is this, that you would just keep saying yes to Jesus, not just for yourself, but for the generation coming from behind you and for those around you. Let's go ahead and pray today. God, I'm so thankful, Father, for your process in our lives. God, I'm so thankful for Jesus, God, his sacrifice on the cross, God, that we're in right standing with God because of that. God, that there's nothing we can do to separate us from your love, God, that we're not too far gone. Father, in your loving kindness, you initiate that relationship, God, but you don't leave us there. God, you start this beautiful process of pruning and changing us because you see the best version of ourselves, God. And maybe in this room today, you're thinking, man, I see where I missed the mark. I see where I could be a better husband or a better father, a better mother, a better coworker, whatever that is. God is not finished with you. You're in the process and it may be painful right now, but there's a reason why you're in it. And God is going to reveal that and he's gonna work those things. And God, I pray too, that you would just give people a revelation today of spiritual family, that, that they've tried it outside of the context of spiritual family. They've tried it on their own. They've tried doing things their own way. They've tried being a casual consumer, but God, that's not your plan. Your plan is a spiritual family to experience all of your best for our lives, God. So I pray that we would say yes to that, Jesus. We love you. We're so thankful for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.